Michael, this is all very confusing. We saw a violent reaction to quarter one earning reports a few weeks ago. Facebook, or Meta, fell almost 30% in a single day, while Amazon went through the roof. With no material changes to either firm and massive moves in opposite directions, it begs the question, what's the driving force behind these two extreme reactions? I'm Remy Bartolotta, and this is On Markets, presented by Darwin Asset Management and Darwin Wealth Management. With me today, I have Chief Investment Officer Michael Sorrentino and Senior Financial Advisor Michael Bartolotta. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to shout out on the show, email comments at onmarkets.com or hit me up directly at remy at onmarkets.com. That's R-E-M-Y at onmarkets.com. And of course, if you like our show, please hit the follow button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. So as the title suggests, we're talking about short-termism today. And before we can have that conversation, we need to define what short-termism actually means. Tino, you brought this topic to the table. So what the heck is short-termism? Yeah, it's not. I didn't make this up. Uh, This is known in the industry. So the best way I can explain this is you've got a pile of money. So you have an option. You can either buy that fancy sports car today or you you can invest it and down the road, hopefully uh, pay for something way, way better and arguably more important. And that's the idea behind short-termism is that the markets, uh, this, this constant focus, the SEC requires companies to report earnings four times a year quarterly. And the amount of emphasis that goes into to making these earnings numbers, a lot of times creates really screwed up incentives. So as cert- there are certain types of investors out there that live and die by earnings reports, whereas other types of investors can look past those earnings and say, okay, what's really going on in the business? Where is it heading? Are they, are they investing for the future or are they just trying to hit their earning numbers today? And I think one, a lot of the reasons why we've seen these violent, violent reactions in stocks lately is because uh, short-termism right now is probably as high as I've seen it in five, maybe even 10 years. So in the intro, I mentioned that Facebook has been plummeting and Amazon's been through the roof, which seems a little bit odd. So, Tina, what's going on here? So that's a, that's a bit of a longer conversation, but think about it this way. Again, we're dealing with short-termism right now. There's a lot of, I think, I think there are a lot of investors or traders rather that made a lot of money in a lot of these fancy growth stocks last year or the last two years. And right now they're, they're looking for a reason to sell. So when earnings come out, uh, you see something like Facebook, right? Or I'll even throw in PayPal, Shopify. There's been a couple of these blowups lately or, or perceived blowups where stock gets hit by 25, 26, 27%. So you've got a situation where a company at the, at the end of a year or, end of, or, or, or of a quarter, whatever it might be, they've got a pile of money, like I said, right? There's basically three things a company can do at that point. They can pay that out in, in the form of dividends to their shareholders, okay? The second thing they could do is share buybacks, which I think are dumb. I've never liked them, but that's another option. You could buy back shares and the third option you can do is reinvest that, biz- that, that money back into your business. So it, when you're a quote unquote growth company, you're in growth mode, generally speaking, investors want to see you reinvest that money back into the business. And that, that tends to be a favorable trait as long as you have faith in the management team that they won't screw that up, right? So what you saw, I think, with Facebook is a situation where a lot of the money that was invested in Facebook stock over the past couple of years has been that short-termism, myopic focus on the company hitting its numbers. What we saw with the numbers, or at least the forecast coming out of the earnings report, was one that looked uh, very scary to somebody that was focused on the short term. And, and it should be. Look, if I was only focused on the next year of Facebook, I probably would have dumped the stock too. Uh, but again, it's, it, it, it depends on the type of investor you are. If you're a longer-term investor, that earnings report's going to look a lot different. 
So I think part of this depends on what type of investor you are as well, right? Are, are you somebody that's investing in the stock or are you somebody that's investing in the business? Because that's a much different strategy depending on which way you look at it. That is a huge, huge difference. And, and I think you just, you touched on it, Rami, more than anything else is that, you know, if I'm interested, if I'm, if I'm invested in the stock, then all this stuff in the short term really does matter. Okay. And there's no question about it. If I'm invested in the company, I'm, I'm taking a longer term approach. And, you know, uh, when you, when you, when you look at a company, you guys, I mean, Mike and Remy, you both have run businesses before. I'll, I'll, I'll throw the question back on you. Nay, has there ever been a time in your career, if any of all the businesses you've been associated with, has there ever been a time where there's been no problems? Never. There's never been that time. Exactly. It doesn't happen, right? So as an investor in a company, you got to assume that there are always going to be problems. The question is when they get, you know, when they get amplified is, do we think the, man- the problems are manageable? And more importantly, do you think the team in charge can handle them? And that's the question you should be asking. As, an, as a long-term investor, you know, we, we unfortunately quote Warren, or talk about Warren Buffett too much around here, but he is a company investor, okay? There are other types of investors out there that are company investors. They, they, they wait around because they have faith in the management team, uh, whatever it might be, versus, okay, they miss their quarterly guidance and let's dump the stock. I don't know that a lot of people think enough about whether they're investing in a company or in a stock. I mean, when, when you really think about it, how many people, if you were to ask somebody that, I'll bet you they would sort of look at you cross-eyed, right? They, they wouldn't, they probably never really thought about it. And, and I'll give you a, a, a good example. When I was younger, you know, I would follow, I'd, I'd have a little watch list of stocks. I mean, this is years ago when E-Trade first got big and, you know, I opened an E-Trade account, I'd have a half a dozen stocks or whatever it was. And I'd watch them pretty closely. You know, I don't want to say I was a day trader, but, but I wasn't an investor. I was just buying and selling stocks. And I didn't really care what the company was doing. I didn't really care what their problems were. All I really wanted to know was what was the, the difference between today and tomorrow. And I didn't care what the price of the stock was. I didn't, you know, if it was overvalued, it didn't matter to me if it was overvalued, if I thought it was just go higher the next day, right? I, I didn't hear, care anything about the long-term prospects of the company. If you were to ask a handful of random people, I would be willing to bet the majority of them would tell you that they're company investors, except that I also would be willing to bet that if you look at their actions, they act as stock investors. I think that's the overwhelming majority of individual investors right there. They want to think that they're doing the work, the, the, the legwork, the analysis. They want to think that they are committed to an idea or an investment or a management team. Uh, but you're right. I think the first sign of, of any, any type of major concern and you know, they, they jump ship. How much of that do you think is, is just experience though? I agree with Mike. I, I sort of followed that, that path when I first started to get into it. You know, it, it was more like that. You know, I was just looking at whatever the price was each day and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trading when I think I can make some money. But with experience and I think the, the more I've been involved in this industry, the less I look at the price and, and, and the more I tend to look at, you know, what you would say the management team and do I have faith in the management team to pull through. And I find that because of that, I rarely look at what my holdings are. I mean, it's not like I'm looking at them every day or even every month. Sometimes I go months without looking at, at, at what my portfolio is. Yeah, no, I think experience is a big, big part of that, but also style. Look, I mean, there are a lot of very smart, uh, sophisticated investors at you know, hedge funds in New York City and places like that who play the short-term game. And they've got a completely different strategy. So they don't really care as too much about what the management team looks like. So it, it, you know, like everything in this business, it all depends on the strategy. But I think experience is a, uh, is a very, very big part of 
investing in companies versus stocks. There's no question. So since we talked about Facebook in the intro, what do you think about Facebook? Well, you, you were the Facebook guy back in the day, weren't you, Tina? Weren't you, <laughs> yeah, like, the, yeah. weren't you, weren't you like the go-to guy on CNBC and all that stuff for Facebook? And you just bought a bunch. That's why I'm asking. You know, it's, it, yeah, I, for, I, that, I don't know. I still don't know how that happened. But I, I, I answered <laughs> one question one time. On, it was Fox Business News. And then they ended up uh, calling me a lot, after, uh, a lot after the fact. And, you know, well, you gave me a good answer. I gave him a good 10 second answer. And for some reason it's it, it stuck. You know, I've had a long history with Facebook, not because I like the product, as you guys know, I'm about as anti-social media as it gets, but I love the business. I actually worked on the, uh, the team that helped take it public back in, what was it, 2011 or 12, I forgot. And uh, so when I was on the institutional side, and, and the reason why I bring that up is at the time, Facebook's biggest hurdle, and, and frankly, what hurt their IPO in, in many ways was nobody believed that Mark Zuckerberg and that team could shift Facebook from the browser on your computer screen to your mobile phone. And it sounds dumb today, but back then, nobody thought that they were going to be able to pull that off. And guess what? They did it, and they did it in a spectacular fashion. And the reason why I bring that up is that, again, you have these inflection points while running a business, as you guys know, and how you handle those inflection points is way, way more important than dealing with these dumb little things that come along over time. So Facebook is yet another inflection point to a certain degree. They want to make this massive shift from not just social media, but to something called the metaverse, which is, again, something that I find to be distasteful from a consumer perspective, but it's, it's pretty big. And I, I, do th- I do see some merit around, the investing, around investing into it. So the question is, as an investor in a company, do you think that that management team, one of the best management teams on the planet, in my opinion, can pull it off? I do think that they can pull it off. I think it's going to take a couple of years and it's going to be expensive. All right. All that money they, they could give, be giving back to investors right now through short termism, they're not doing that. And that's what I saw in that earnings report that just came out recently is that they're reinvesting heavily back into their future. So, again, that's distasteful for some investors. For me, I feel pretty good about it. And along the way, by the way, let's not forget that this is a legalized monopoly. I mean, that's what this company is. They're not, it's not like they're hurting right now, it's not like their cash flow is going you know, down, the, down the toilet. I mean, this company is printing money. So you've got a company that's, that's got a phenomenal business today, and they're just trying to make it better tomorrow. And now the stock's down, what, 30% in, in a matter of a week or two? I, to me, if I'm a long-term investor, I get really excited. Now, if I'm a short-term investor, I probably pass. So do you think one strategy is better than the other, short-term versus long-term, stock versus company? No, I don't think one's better than the other. I, I would say that you get, it, you get in trouble when you put a right shoe on a left foot, right? You, you, you know, like you said, Remy, earlier, you want to be a company investor, but you're really not. The reason why I bring that up, let's, let's, I love using this example, Monster Beverage. You guys know the energy drink company? Yep. That is the number one stock in the S&P 500 over the last 30 years. Not Google or Facebook or, or Amazon or anything like that. It's Monster Beverage. A $10,000 investment in 1992 would be worth about $26 million today. Let's use that. That's a 30-year investment, which is longer than most people would want to invest in a company. To make that $26 million, you would have had to endure an 88% drawdown that lasted six years at one point, and a couple more 50% multi-year drawdowns as well. Okay? So that is not a fun ride. And it takes a strong stomach, a lot of work, and a lot of faith in the management team and the future direction of the company to attach yourself to those types of returns. So the way I look at this is if I believe in a company for the long run, I will invest in it and I will not sell it as long as I think that they're, they're continuing to, to, uh, to fire on all cylinders. One thing that what I will do, though, is I will size that position, position accordingly. 
I won't put too much into one holding, and that goes back to this idea of diversification. You know, I, I used a quote earlier today in another meeting from Harry Markowitz, diversification is the only free lunch. Find a couple of these ideas and spread out the risk. That's, that way you don't put too much into one idea, and that doesn't cause an emotional reaction when things like a bad earnings report comes along. In that same example, Tino, if I purchased Monster Beverage, and like you said, it was sort of in the toilet for about six years. At what point or, or what is the indicator for me or for any of our listeners that differentiates I should continue to hold this versus this company is a dud? That is your question, I think, is saying, when does it make sense to sell? More what I'm asking is there some sort of key indicator or something to look for that would you know, push you one way or another? This is the hardest thing, in my opinion, to do in investing is knowing when to sell. Or, or to your point, stick with a company during times of stress. Well, it's a judgment Usually, call, right? It's a, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's a judgment it, call. It, it, it's, it is. It's, you know, it, it's fourth and three. Do I, do I go for it or, or do I punt? I mean, it's, it's, so it's the same kind of thing. It's a judgment call. You got to, and what I try to do, my litmus test usually is, is my thesis wrong? Or do I, do I no longer feel like I understand what's going on in the business? And that is, that will apply to any situation. You know, a lot of times you'll see a company surge through the roof that we've been invested in. Look, this happened last year in one of our, our strategies. We had a stock that was up two or threefold. And I truthfully couldn't understand why. And even though it kept going up, we sold it. Because once you feel like you don't understand what's driving the stock or the investment, that's to me when real risk comes into play. When I have faith in the, in the outcome, that's a different story. Yeah, but it, another thing that's interesting about Monster is a good example. A lot of times you also have other factors at play. You might sit there, if I'm a money manager and I'm indexed to get, or I'm benchmarked against the S&P 500 and I got to outperform every year, otherwise my bonus is not going to happen, then I as a manager incentivized to make sure that those short-term results come in. So I might look at Monster and say, you know what, 10 years from now, this thing's going to be a home run, but it's uncertain for the next three or four years. I'm not going to own that stock because I got to get paid, right? So I think there's a lot of that going on. We might even see a little bit of that in Facebook and Shopify and PayPal and all these other companies right now. And, and for long-term investors, that is an opportunity to go in as long as you've got the stomach for it. So Tino, you know, that stock that you just referred to that we sold last year after it was skyrocketing, in retrospect, was that a, was that a good decision? Where is it now? Well, it, right now, it was a very good decision. Uh, oh, good. I, we may have gotten a little lucky on that one in terms of timing, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. But um, yeah, we got to knock on wood a little lucky. But look, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take the flip side of that. We've got a lot of stocks in, in, our, in our, one of our growth portfolios that are down big right now, down 20%. The funny thing is, and I'm looking at the earnings reports left and right, you're talking about companies that are up you know, growing the revenue 40, 50, 85% year over year. And their stocks are getting murdered right now simply because expectations were baked in over the last two years where the government was handing out money for free. Expectations were baked in for unrealistic outcomes. And could we have sold that? Yeah, you know, we, maybe we could have tried to time that properly and get back in. But look, if we're a long-term investor, what we're seeing right now, I think in a lot of these cases are you're shaking out the nervous Nellies. And what happens, you see these valuations as these companies come down, it creates the foundation for future growth. And that's what we see in these growth stocks over the long run is that these periods of volatility are scary, but nine times out of 10, they create the foundation for future growth. Facebook right now is trading at 14 and a half times forward earnings, meaning the earnings for next year, 14 and a half for a legalized monopoly. Okay. okay I'm not trying to give stock advice on our, on our show here. And for compliance reasons, we shouldn't do that. But I'm telling you, you don't see that stuff like that very often. So what's the bottom line? 
Well, I think the I think the bottom line is what you said, Remy, earlier. Are you uh, are you an investor in a stock or or a company? Uh, Short termism, in my opinion, is deadly. It it takes your eye off the ball. But that being said, I don't think there's one better than the other. If I'm a short term trader, I don't really want to focus on the long run. So the way we invest, we tend to invest more on the long run. Uh, I can't say that we're Warren Buffett. We're going to hold a stock for 40 years because we have clients that have different goals than that might happen need to happen sooner than that. But my point here is, I just wouldn't confuse the two. Just know who you are. This podcast is created and presented by Darwin Asset Management LLC and Darwin Advisors LLC, collectively referred to as Darwin. Darwin does not make any representation or warranties and therefore takes no responsibility as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information contained in this podcast. Any tax or legal information contained in this podcast is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The information presented does not involve the rendering of personalized investment advice. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any investment or strategy would be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Information presented is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the securities mentioned herein.